Um, how, how has your week been, Lenny? Uh, my week has been excellent. I watched the Golden Globes last weekend, and I declared it Golden Globes Day and just, like, ordered in, and I got, like, all made up and fabulous, and then laid in bed under my covers, all fabulous, and watched the Golden Globes. That is, one, absolutely incredible, and two, not dissimilar to experiences I had as a closeted teenager living in Deer Lodge. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how 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 were the uh, how are the Golden Globes? Uh, racist, but good. I mean, it was wait, fun. an award show? Are you sure that doesn't sound right? <laughs> yeah. No, it was fun though. Um, like Jane Fonda is kind of a badass. I think we need to do an episode on Jane Fonda. Oh, we absolutely should do an episode on Jane Fonda. Uh, a real, a real, a real advocate for social change uh, using her considerable privilege. Yeah. Um, and, um vilified uh, by propaganda uh, mm-hmm. in the 1960s. Fantastic story, that Jane Fonda. And it'll give us an excuse to talk about the band Duran Duran because they, they got their name from the mad scientist in the film, uh, Barbarella. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're talking about Jane Fonda movies. It must be SJW, social justice weirdos. I'm joyless feminist, Charlie McCorn. I use they, she pronouns. And I am Lenny Peppers. I use she, her pronouns. So uh, on this podcast, we go through and sort of talk about uh, the world, our areas of study, and individuals who had a big impact uh, in the world of, 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 of equality. And sometimes we talk about real fucking monsters. This week, we're talking about, I'd say, the greatest monster of all. Like, some people want to say that Godzilla king of the monsters first of all godzilla is clearly gender fluid lays eggs in a couple of those movies uh two maybe dracula dracula is the king of monsters Mm-mm, no thank you the <laughs> real king of monsters the american president ah yes uh, i was actually going to watch by the way the uh godzilla movies this week i haven't seen any of them ever and Ooh. so i had somebody pick uh the top eight to watch and I'm just going to watch one a day for the whole eight day oh, week that, that I have. so cool. Do you have the titles <laughs> on hand by any chance? Is that too nope. much of a distraction from our podcast? This is something I need to know. <laughs> no, but uh, I'll text them to you. Yes, please. That sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, but much like, much like the, uh, the great Kaiju, uh, the, the American president uh, comes uh, and returns again and again for new generations bringing destruction uh, in, in its wake. And not always destruction. There have been, I think, some genuinely good people that have held the office of the U.S. president. However, I think the fact by them having uh, being the role of the president inherently puts blood on their hands forever. Because as we know, the United States is not great about not being fucking awful. Yep. So the reason I wanted to talk about this is that uh, the American presidency was always a- an area of, of focus uh, for me um, in my historical studies. I've, really? I've studied pretty... Yeah, I know. It's bananas. No, it? me too. Um, it might be because uh, I lost my virginity on President's Day 2006. What? Me too! Oh my okay. gosh! I, I already had like four kids by 2006. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, you didn't know uh, where you got them from. No, it's... The yeah. stork delivered them as far as I know. Uh, one of them's birthday is right around President's Day. Uh, I am actually starting a podcast. Surprise! Oh boy, your 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 empire continues. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been working on it 
all of the pre-production stuff is done, all I need to do is start recording. And so it is called Commanders and Chiefs, and it's about Native American president relations. And I start with George Washington, and I work my way all the way up to Joe Biden. And yeah. First of all, let me say that is the best fucking title I have ever heard. Congratulations on that <laughs> bit you. of genius, Lenny. Thank you. Uh, bask in the glory of that. That's great, too. Uh, great, great podcast. I cannot wait to listen to and be a frequent guest. Uh, yeah. Now that I know how into presidents you are, I will totally make you I mean, a freak. To be fair, I think you knew how into presidents I was. I mean, you heard me say all of their middle names like two times <laughs> a week for at least a year. Yeah, but I thought you were into middle names, not necessarily presidents. Uh, I'm, I'm into both. It's actually, I'm a very complex individual. Yeah, you're complicated. I'm complicated. Um, but I wanted to start sort of talking in a series of episodes that I'm going to be sort of running here about the American presidency. Okay. I think that there's a lot of things that we can really talk about. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about is a president that I think... Um, I think really fucking sucks. I know that that's, you know, people say, well, Charlie, like, who's your favorite president? And I, I say, uh, James Abram Garfield, like right off the bat. I'm not saying that that guy was perfect. Not saying that his hands were clean. What I'm saying was the kind of uh, uh, leadership that he displayed and not just in getting shot. Let me just be very clear about this. I'm not advocating that. I'm not saying that he's a good president because someone shot him. He kind of was though, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, he, had, he was a good leader. He was a good man. Uh, you know, obviously the president, blood on his hands. Uh, worst president, you know, I think we need some time to like get away from the last batch that we've had over the last like 20 years. We'll say you really have some time to separate and see how terrible things were. Uh, I know who I think is the fucking worst. And I think it's one that happened very recently. But I want to talk about how much I hate Ronald Wilson Reagan. Like I, I really want to sort okay. of discuss this unbelievable rise to power and specifically how the role of his assassination attempt played in America's perceptions of themselves and of himself around the world. To do so, I first have to talk about presidential assassinations. Okay. I'm also super into, I'm going to recommend two books to our listeners. Uh, these are two books that, that helped me out immeasurably. The first one is Assassination Vacation by Sarah Vowell who's from Bozeman, BT-dub. Hmm. Uh, it's about her, it was, it was written, um, I read it in high school, and it's actually the reason that I decided to study history in college. Okay. It, it, she tours the locations of presidential uh, assassinations and sort of writes about the larger historical context and the full story that we get out of it. Uh, and then also I want to recommend Destiny of the Republic by Candace Millard. Uh, she's a fantastic historian. Uh, all of her books are, are incredible. This one is about the assassination of James Abram Garfield who we're getting into. And okay. whenever it seems that um, a leader of a country is assassinated, a very interesting thing happens. So let's look to Abraham Lincoln. I mean, he, he did a lot, but his assassination still weighs heavily on the American consciousness. But at the time, we need to remember that America was the most divided it had, well, probably had ever, I mean, obviously had been up to that point. You know, we were in the middle of the Civil War. Mm -hmm. But Lincoln's assassination did a very interesting thing. Uh, Southern sympathize, Southern uh, army, Southern sympathizers and, uh, and um, anti-abolitionists were kind of kowtowed a little bit. Like, well, 
this guy is a martyr. Like we, they made this guy whose politics were very complicated. Let's not get, let's not get that wrong. I mean, the, the vision of, of Lincoln freeing the slaves did not get down to, I think to the real boy, the real nitty gritty reality of, of that actual circumstance as, as we know, mm-hmm. but his death and that one large thing that he was remembered for, for his presidency deified him. It kind of, yeah. the country. I mean, didn't really unite the country necessarily, but then let's jump forward to, to James Abram Garfield, uh, who came just a couple of presidents down. His, his whole thing, which um, I love, was at the, uh, the, the Republican National Convention of that year. It was, it was a wildly, wildly uh, bitter fight for the candidate. Some people were backing uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Some people were backing third party people. Like people were... One guy whose name I do not remember, uh, whenever he would get up and people would boo him because he was talking, he, uh, he would just like start sucking on a lemon that he carried in his pocket and make a really sour face. Politics has always been insane. Uh, but they say, well, you know what we should do? Hey, we all really like James Abram Garfield. Let's have him read the nomination for president. And the speech that, that Garfield gives at this convention is so powerful and, and his whole sort of thesis was, listen, friends, we're not picking the president here. The average American at home is picking the president. These people who have problems that we do not know about, they're picking it. We're just a circus right now. And it was like, oh, yeah. And then over like a series of incredibly like more dramatic votes, James Garfield, who wasn't even an initial uh, candidate, becomes the Republican nominee for president in this election. Wow. Here's and I and so, so here's where things are going to get a little, <clears throat> a little, a little wacky. We okay. got to talk about this cat named Charles Gateau, one of okay. my favorite people from history. Uh, I I almost want to do the whole episode on him, but I didn't think that doing an episode on a presidential assassination would be like the most fun topic. But he was um, he was insane. Like he he had severe mental health issues. Uh, he, he, um, survived a terrible riverboat accident, a very sort of formative time where he just was on this boat that was on fire and was sinking. And he was able to just like safely and with no real problem, step onto the dock. Like he was able to just like ride out this whole thing completely unharmed, unmolested and, and alive in this disaster that killed hundreds of thousands, hundreds, 2000 people, I would say. Wow. And his thought is like, oh, I'm chosen by God. I'm going to do something great. In oh, my life. well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, which I get. Fortune's fatal finger always finds the most interesting targets to point at. Um, he briefly spent time in an upstate New York sex cult that believed that the second coming of Christ was in the year 100 AD. And therefore, we've been living on, uh, we've had heaven on earth ever since. Hmm. And as such, we should only eat vegetables and have sex with whoever we want. Here's the problem is that it was all also a very consent based cult. And so no one wanted to have sex with Charles Gateau. They're like, no, his, his nickname was like, hey, Charles, get out. Oh, gosh. Uh, long story short, he starts campaigning for Garfield. And he thinks that if when Garfield wins, I've done such a good job campaigning. I've written this amazing pamphlet. I'll be rewarded with an ambassadorship to France. Garfield wins the election. Uh, and this is very common during politics of this time. In fact, one of the big kind of like key pieces of legislation from this time is that when new administrations would come in, they would fire all civil servants from the last uh, administration, like everyone, 
clerks, mayors, like, like not mayors, but like clerks, uh, judges, everyone, and then replace all the way down. And sort of through a lot of fighting in Congress, it came around to be like, well, no, let's not replace everyone. That's ineffective. Um, and so people would expect to get jobs when there's a new president. Uh, Gateau comes up to Garfield and says, hi, it's me, Charles Gateau, your, your, your biggest supporter, like your number one fan. I'd like to be ambassador to France, please. Garfield says, I do not know who you are. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Please have a nice day. So then Gateau thinks, oh, wow, this president is a tyrant. I'd better shoot <laughs> him and I'll be a hero. Oh. And the first part happens. Uh, Garfield is, is changing trains uh, and Gateau comes out and shoots him in the stomach. It doesn't kill him. The more real story is more complicated. Um, uh, a terrible uh, doctor whose name I can, uh, cannot remember off the top of my head right now. The guy that was in charge of, of treating the president um, didn't believe in germ theory, which to be fair, a lot of people didn't at this time. It was still a very new thing. And the president died of a massive infection three months later, which was actually Gateau's defense oh. on, on the stand. Like, hey, I didn't kill the presidents. It was those crooked doctors. Uh, Gateau hangs for his crimes. Writes a hymn uh, before he's led to the gallows. It's, um, I am going to the Lordy. I'm going to the Lordy. I'm going to the Lordy. Here's what happens. Garfield's death unifies the American people. Still barely Most divided. Most of the American well, okay, people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Most actually... of them. Let me didn't like Native Americans, was mad that they had unpronounceable names and crude clothing, and said that uh, it was a mockery for representatives to sit down in a wigwam with Native Americans. So, wow, really... that's just, God damn it. See, like I said, every president blood on their hands, and as, as, as uh, we're going to see in your new podcast and seeing here, uh, none of them have had a good relationship with mm -hmm. Native American communities. Uh, I'm going to say none of them have. I'm going to say it's probably been like genocidal at one level, up to antagonistic at the best is my guess. Mm -hmm. Paternalistic. So, so, so Garfield dies and large portion of the population kind of has to like unite to get over the civil war. Wow. Yeah. Same thing happens almost with John F. Kennedy in 1963, um, where he's, he's shot by a mentally ill man who thinks he'll be rewarded as a hero of, of the socialist movement. It, I mean, mm -hmm. it's complicated, but then we get to Reagan. Mm-hmm who, uh, as, as we know, was the, the, the movie star uh, actor, uh, the, the governor of California that completely privatized uh, the, the public school system. So uh, another book, Rawhide Down, The Near Assassination of Ronald Reagan. It was written by Del Quentin Wilbur. Um, I read it uh, a couple of years ago. Fantastic book, a minute by minute sort of uh, following of, of this the near assassination of Ronald Reagan, where he was likewise uh, hit by an assassin's bullet. This, however, was incredibly early in Reagan's presidency. And, and people were unsure if this movie star could really do it. However, much like uh, the previous assassinations that we spoke about, and I know, I, I know, hey nerds, I know that I skipped over William McKinley. That's, that's probably also a conversation from the other day too. Mm -hmm. But the early 1980s kind of came around Reagan's like, look at this guy. He survived an assassin's bullet and he was making jokes the whole time. He joked with his wife. He joked with the doctors famously as he went under anesthesia. He said to the doctors, I hope you boys are all Republicans, but okay. This episode is about the American presidency, but we're sort of focusing it around Ronald Reagan. 
His mishandling of the AIDS crisis is one of the most egregious crimes, I think, in American history. There yes. is so many, there are so many people, there's a generation of people that were wiped off of the face of this planet and he did nothing about it. And I think that's, yep. that's, that's one of, one of the worst things that he did. Yeah. But his, his assassination, again, united large parts of the voting base, maybe is the way that we can uh, politely uh, say that. His wife, however, Nancy Reagan, also a movie star, um, was so horrified by this whole circumstance that her husband was shot and went through this whole, this whole series of things. She turned to the occult. Well, I mean, aren't we all just kind of, I, I know I could speak for myself when I'm saying I'm just like one major disaster away from straight up turning to the occult. I feel like that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of just like, yeah, all right, fine. I'll be a witch. Yeah. Be yeah I get it. I get it. <laughs> I mean, I've started buying the books. I mean, I think we're all right there. I'm, I'm on Nancy's side with this one. Yeah. So um, Nancy Reagan first met Joan Quigley um, on, on set of a TV show that they were both guests on um, as they were both big celebrities. She, of course, being, being uh, the actress. And Joan Quigley was a famous medium, a famous psychic. After this assassination attempt, which was in, uh, which was in March of 1981, we're actually coming up on the uh, 40th anniversary of the Reagan assassination attempt. Oh, uh, Nancy Reagan reached out to Quigley and said, hey, um, could this have been prevented? And Quigley was like, oh, absolutely. Like the spirits could have absolutely prevented this from happening. I could have like seen it. And I could have warned you. I could have done all of these things. Wow. For the rest of the Reagan presidency and, and the rest of uh, Nancy Reagan's sort of political career, uh, Joan Quig Quigley was her number one kind of uh, advisor. She listened to her every day on all of these things. Would you say that she was like the Long Island medium of the 80s? I would say so. Um, <laughs> I would say I would say she'd probably be like even like a Long Island like big. Ah, I like what you did there. <laughs> Thank you very much. And it wasn't until like halfway through like the the sort of the mess of the Iran-Contra affair, which, okay, by the way, I mean, the age crisis is very personal to me. Mm -hmm. um, but the Iran-Contra, it's... It's so stupid. Like so many things the American president does is just incredibly stupid. It, regardless of, of political affiliation or office, the, the actions that they take usually have uh, the ability to embarrass the country. I'm not saying presidents haven't done good things. You know, don't, don't tweet at us. Good things have happened because the right person was in office at the right time. But even like Jimmy Earl Carter, yes. who, who, has, uh, who was just too nice of a guy to be president, like is still building houses into his 90s mm -hmm. because he's trying to make up for the shit that he did in the Oval Office. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is sort of how I feel about the larger versions of political violence, which is a really hot topic issue right now in the news. Um, there's been, I mean, political violence throughout American history, throughout uh, the, the, the origins of it to now. But, you know, and I'm not just talking about like, again, genocide of indigenous people I'm not talking about the enslavement of africans i'm not talking about like even like greg gianforte attacking a reporter uh physically and throwing him to the ground because he has a question about fucking health care mm -hmm. but i i am um i just got mad at greg gianforte again i'm sorry i forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> give me a second give me a second give me a second give me a second 
Um, what was I talking about, Lenny? Bring me back. Uh, you're talking about political violence. And so obviously, you know, the political violence that sort of comes from radicalization, which we are obviously seeing a great deal of, um, I'm just going to say across the political spectrum. Yep. I mean, obviously there is the, this is what happens when the world is turned on end for an extended period of time. I remember in college, a professor of mine saying that it was strange the United States had just like two political parties that were just one turn away from each other, like just almost mm -hmm. the same, but with differences where, you know, Europe obviously has the longstanding history of, of radicalization and, and far left and far right politics to various levels of genocide, obviously. And I think we're seeing sort of a change in the American system. And I think the role of the American presidency, you know, in the case of Ronald Reagan, who was this complete outsider who, who was going through the White House and obviously losing his mental, you know, mental faculties, and, and sort of based up around this idea of, of American exceptionalism and, and still just being someone that completely bungles uh, a pandemic response. It's just kind of unbelievable that Ronald Reagan still has sort of the love that he does. And the reason why is that his, his bullshit ideas of trickle-down economics, his ideas of Reaganomics in general, are, don't work. The only reason I think he gets kind of a pass is that because George H.W. Bush, who... I have complicated feelings about, but George H.W. Bush, I think at least at some point did a lot of the economic work that, that William Jefferson Clinton gets a lot of the credit for. But that's kind of the problem with this idea of deification of, of, pol of politicians. Yeah. And I think there's, there's obviously too much of that, you know, for the Reagan administration or for anyone else. Yep. But, you know, we can't be resting on our laurels because our democracy is in peril. Absolutely. 100% all of that. I feel like I got a little rambly there because I get really excited about this. But that is something about Ronald Reagan is I cannot believe that, especially seeing how politics has progressed, you know, in the 40 years since someone took a shot at Ronald Reagan, that we are at this point where where politics just seems completely unhinged. Like there's no, there's no quote unquote, like baseline of, of decency anymore. Mm -hmm. And on one side, we have a lot of very traumatized people reacting to their trauma and now having a voice to do it. And on the other hand, we have, you know, actual fascists. And in the middle, we have an American people that's kind of getting inundated. And I'm not obviously saying like, you know, ooh, they bad. I'm not, okay, one, I'm not doing a bad people on both sides. Uh, very clearly, fuck fascism. Mm -hmm. We would not have as much trauma in the world as we have now without understanding that people will hurt people. People will find any excuse to, to exclude, to hurt, and to kill people. Yeah. To quote uh, one of our favorite uh, authors, Jude Doyle, we're more likely to be dead blondes than final girls. Yep. And and that's sort of the point where people talk about this idea that 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 politics needs to be needs to be civil. But there are so many groups who have been working for those civil rights that are still being denied to them, and are still being direct targets of 
of the inequality that is, again, baked into every stone of this country that we're built on. Mm -hmm. And I think that the system that we have needs a lot of work to be fixed, but I think it is fixable. But we need to be the ones that fix it. We can't, we can't put this off. We all need to be responsible for, for the progress of this country and to not you know, fall down to the, the glitzy Hollywood stereotype of these larger-than-life personalities when they're really just people. Absolutely. Um, and so that's sort of my feeling of the American president is that there are some incredibly interesting people that have held the office of the president. I would even dare to say that there have been good people who have held the office of the presidency, but none of them are innocent. Exactly. And we need to quit putting partisan politics in the way of the well-being of everyone, period. Yep. I know I'm fighting my horse on the soapbox here, but this is, this is how I feel. And I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, when it comes down to it, presidents are humans and we need to force them to have humanity. I mean, that's what it comes down to. They're just humans. We cannot deify them or else, you know, a lot of big problems come up with it. We need to be like able to say, hey, that was a thing that they did. That was wrong. That was bad to every single person in office. Um, even if you really, really like them uh, to be able to say they did some good things and they did some bad things. And yeah, we need the full picture. Right. We need to recognize that they are humans and they are not comic book heroes. They are not professional athletes. They are, they are politicians. They are trying to manipulate us. Um, are there any good politicians that you can think of off the top of your head? Let's not talk about that. Actually, no, let's not talk about that. Don't check that, out. that would, that would be too much of a bummer this late in the show. Yeah. So do you have any questions about um, anything that we, that I talked about that I rambled about, about the presidency? No, I don't. I am absolutely behind you on everything that you said. And awesome. I'm super excited to see what kind of topics that you have coming up on this uh, topic. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward, I think, to talking a little bit. And I should say, too, I, did, I didn't mention, um, Mary Todd Lincoln was also a big uh, believer of psychics. Um, she went to visit mediums after the death of her son um, and her husband for, for many years. Um, I don't know why I needed to throw that in, but... Because I think we need to do an episode on um, psychics and political relations. I mean, I touched on it when I talked about um, seances and Native American reform. But I'm sure that there's a bigger picture there that we can we can talk about like a little bit more like broadly. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so, too. Uh, well, in that case, is there anything else that we need to add before we get out of here? Uh, nope. I don't think there's anything we need to add. Uh, my episode next week will be on how all Americans are still being colonized using methods that the American government used to colonize Native Americans. And they're doing it to you right now this, to this very day. I like and, the, oh, I like this cliffhanger. Like, well, yeah. and I'm like, what, what are they? I need to know. I don't have a whole <laughs> week. I don't want to be colonized anymore. <laughs> well all right well then for social justice weirdos uh, i'm charlie mccorn and i'm lenny peppers remember you might not be able to change the world but you can throw a brick <laughs>